Afghanistan continues to be a disaster for the Biden administration, Michael Byrd speaks out on MSNBC, and a mother loses custody of her child because she refused to take the vaccine. I'm William Hall, and this is The William Hall Show. Alright, so the situation in Afghanistan is one that continues to be a disaster for the Biden administration. Many things are going on there. There's many people that have died so far, uh, at least from the reports that we've seen. And what you have to look at is exactly why this was a screw-up for the Biden administration. What exactly went wrong here? And I've discussed a bit of this before, but really what you have to look at is exactly how the Biden administration left Afghanistan. Because what we were actually seeing when we look at the order of events is that anybody with common sense would determine that the best way to to mitigate disaster, to mitigate these issues that we're seeing today would be to plan a a release or an escape from Afghanistan in a way that would facilitate and protect lives. But the Biden administration hasn't done that. So what you actually saw them do is that they actually pulled the troops out of Afghanistan first. They took all the troops out at the very beginning of this entire process. And then, of course, disaster ensued. What should have happened, of course, is that they should have made sure that the Americans that needed to uh, be alive and needed to leave Afghanistan were able to leave first before they involved the troops leaving at all. But they didn't do that. They focused entirely on getting the troops out initially. And then we have Americans now to this day. Stuck in Afghanistan. It's hard to even know the exact number of people that are there. Here's also a graphic that I found, which also also kind of details the issue with the the way that we left Afghanistan. We left all of our arsenal in Afghanistan. So now the Taliban has free and open use to these vehicles and these weapons. So if you're listening on the audio, you can't see it, but they, they, there's uh, 22,000 Humvees, uh, uh, different tanks. We, we left them uh, uh, 42,000 trucks and SUVs, 63,000 machine guns, uh, radios, night vision goggles, assault rifles. I mean, there's the list goes on. 126,000 pistols were also listed on here. Helicopters, uh, the, the, the different Cessna uh, planes. I mean, there's so many... Uh, things that we've left them in Afghanistan for them to openly use. So uh, I think somebody put up a, a estimation that it was about $85 billion worth of weapons that are now in the free and open hands of terrorists to do what they please to do with it at this point. And we have to ask ourselves, okay, why in the world did this happen? Why is it that Biden is doing this? I mean, I mean we can assume that it's incompetency, but a, a lot of it you know, makes me think that maybe he's complicit. Maybe he knows exactly what he's doing. There's no way that anybody with any common sense could have thought that this was a good idea. No way. It's just simply not possible. And meanwhile, on U.S. soil, we're being told, we're going to take away your guns. You can't have these weapons and, he, you know, fear-mongering over the AR-15s and so many things, using the, uh, the incorrect terminology when referring to ARs and everything. He, that's his rhetoric here in the United States. But if we look at the facts on the ground... Technically, Biden is the biggest illegal weapons uh, kind of supplier in the world right now because he's literally just gifted all of this stuff to the Taliban free of charge, no strings attached whatsoever. 
Meanwhile, we're trying to get Americans out on our, or at least in the United States, we're being told we need to uh, not be able to have certain guns and can't do this and can't do that and, and trying to take the rights away from people. But once again, Biden isn't focused on making any sense of any of this. There's nobody that's been able to justify exactly how this has gone down. At this point, you have to wonder, maybe this is being done on purpose. Now, the thing is, is that Americans are still trapped in Afghanistan. This hasn't changed so far. Some have gotten out, but there's still a lot there. They don't know how many are actually there at this point. And and by the way, the U.S. military actually fired a missile on an apartment in Kabul, Afghanistan, and... I guess they were trying to go after some type of terrorist target, but they wound up killing seven to nine people. Six of those were children. So I don't think that's exactly what they were planning on doing, but but they're trying to make it look like they're doing something, like they're in control. Yeah, we're firing missiles, sure, sure. But they're doing it in the wrong way. I mean, they're, they're messing up this entire situation. It's innocent people dying right now as a result of the bad policy, the bad ideas of this Biden administration right now. And I'm surprised that nobody's resigned or anything like that so far because it's just a massive failure when you're looking at the lives that are being lost in Afghanistan and all of the other issues that are going on. So uh, Pete uh, Hexat is a United States veteran and he chimed in on the issues going on in Afghanistan as well. What do I have to say? Well, we all know it's not a withdrawal. It's a retreat. Uh, and ultimately, it's a, it's a disgraceful retreat considering everything we've sacrificed in that country. We all wanted to leave, not this way. And the, the challenge is, you know, if you're a sports fan, you understand the seven-game series, right? You might These teams are playing it out, sweating it out all the way through, but oftentimes all you remember is that last shot in the last 30 seconds. And that's what the world's going to take away uh, this inglorious moment is we put the lives of our boys in the hands of the Taliban, in the hands of the Taliban and the Haqqani Network and Al-Qaeda. And as we retreated, as and right now the gates are closed. We're not bringing in more U.S. citizens. I've got reports from the, on the ground last night, Americans waving passports at the gates, trying to coordinate. Gates are closed. Everyone's leaving. So we will leave Americans behind who will turn into, and I hate to say this, and it won't be in every case, but there will be American hostages. You think what happened with ISIS in Iraq was bad. Wait until the images and the videos come out of Americans left behind in Afghanistan because we don't have any ground power there. So it's good to see that we're striking with drones. It's good to see that we're able to shoot down rockets. But ultimately, those are all meant to demoralize and humiliate uh, and the perception in the international world and in the Islamic world that we left in retreat. And that's certainly what it looks like. And, uh, and as of yet, no one's been willing to step up to the podium and take responsibility for all the failed decisions, not to mention what led to 13 dead troops outside that gate. So, of course, he's absolutely correct here. And he's talking about the 13 soldiers that died, which, by the way, you know, you, you saw a bunch of posts online. A lot of other veterans were put, putting up uh, different memorial things and and different types of memorial sites, basically, to honor these 13 that lost their lives as a result of Biden's incompetence. But what you saw as well was at the ceremony where they were supposed to be standing, uh, that you have military generals that are standing at, a t- uh, at attention to... Uh, to honor these fallen veterans. And yet you have Biden there, of all things, checking his watch. Was the, one of the two female Marines who were killed among the 13. She was the one who posted that Instagram post holding the baby saying, I love my job just a few days ago. So, of course, he's trying to play it off, trying to act like he's putting his hands behind his back. He was checking out his watch. You saw it. I mean, that's exactly what he was looking at there, because apparently you know, he's got other things to do. He's serious, guys. He has another meeting, right? That's usually what he says in these situations. But clearly, he doesn't care. 
this this couldn't be more obvious at this point that Biden, this entire administration, doesn't want to be involved in any of this. And, and it's sad to see. It really is. Because we literally went from a president that couldn't uh, honor our, our veterans more. I mean, Trump was, uh, there was the kind of the clip that the mainstream media didn't want to cover where you had Trump, uh, a veteran's, uh, I think his hat fell off or something like that. And and and, uh, and Trump went to literally go pick it up for him. I mean, I mean, this is the president of the United States basically doing a serviceable act out of respect to pick up something for this veteran when, if for all intents and purposes, any other president would probably just ignore that and just let it go on and do their own thing. But Trump was somebody that was entirely different in treating our veterans correctly, making sure that everything was done. And what you're seeing is, once again, it's this... It's issue with the Obama administration that failed for for foreign policy every step of the way. Biden's been wrong on foreign policy his entire career, and yet now apparently he's supposed to be good on it. People want to pretend like it doesn't matter, but it does matter because Americans are losing their lives right now as a result of this. That's what we have to be paying attention to here. And, and also Biden is a person that is apparently really the whole name Sleepy Joe. I mean, it really applies here because he doesn't care about what... It, he's talking about who he's meeting with. I mean, here's a video of him sleeping right there in, with a meeting with the prime minister from Israel. Yet another chapter in the beautiful story of the friendship between our two nations, the United States of America and the Jewish and democratic state of Israel, both of us who seek to do good and need to be strong, both of us who are so I want to be clear here. Make no mistake. If Trump was in office right now and these were the things that took place, he would have already have suffered the impeachment. They would have had the trials and everything being held. The mainstream media would have been covering it every second of the entire process to get uh, Trump impeached. But you haven't heard any of that about Biden, have you? Remember, Trump got impeached because of a phone call. OK, a phone call. And yet they're continuously letting Biden mess up. This guy is not capable of being a leader of anything. We knew this before he got into office. And, and you know, I, I've seen several different uh, Republicans, uh, some of the people in Congress kind of come out and say, we need to impeach Joe Biden. But the reality is, is that the second you impeach Joe Biden, Kamala Harris is going to be the one that's in, in line. And, and she's no better. I mean, she lies and laughs and you know, tries to pretend as if she cares about issues when she doesn't at all. I mean, she was actually laughing at reporters when they were asking about how they were going to get Americans out of Afghanistan. So I don't think she really cares either. But really, I, I think that this is a problem with the entire administration, the entire Biden administration from, from the top down are people that couldn't figure out how to manage a presidency or foreign policy under Obama, and they can't do it now. And we're seeing the failures right in front of us. It's not literally just Biden. It's his entire administration that is messing all of this up. That's what we need to be focused on here. So really, we need to get everybody out. I mean, I wish that was possible, but at the, at the end of the day, the only way we're going to be able to do that is in 2024 anyways. But the thing is that most people aren't even aware of what's going on in Afghanistan right now, simply because the mainstream media is not talking about it. They don't want to discuss what is actually taking place in Afghanistan. So they've been fairly silent about it. You're not going to hear it unless you're watching some uh, conservative news network. You're not going to actually know what's going on in Afghanistan. And I think a lot of Americans are probably perfectly fine with that. The ones that are the Biden supporters that don't care, they don't know what's going on. They can't find it on a map. They don't know what's happening. And they probably don't even care what's happening until the real consequences of all of this comes to fruition. We could very well be seeing 
an attack happening in the United States very soon. All because Biden has displayed nothing but weakness this entire time. From sleeping to checking his watch, from being somebody that doesn't want to take questions, doesn't want to talk about the issues, dodging questions, you name it. Joe Biden has done nothing but displayed weakness. Nobody's afraid of him. Make no mistake, the world is watching. The world is seeing what's happening in the United States right now. They're seeing the handling of Afghanistan. And a lot of other countries, like Russia and others, are probably saying, we can do whatever we want right now. Because Biden is too weak to do anything about this. That's what we're being told. You know, he also handed the Taliban a kill list of Americans, by the way, and Afghanistan uh, allies uh, to gain interest to the airport. So they said this was given to grant them access to the airport there in Kabul. And he gave them a list. So now the Taliban know exactly who they need to kill. And as I've talked about already, several people have already died as a result of this. This is the incompetence of this administration literally getting Americans killed right now in Afghanistan because of bad policy, because he doesn't know what he's doing. Their entire administration doesn't know what they're doing. Oh, but wait, you know, they have this gay influencer, right? You know, running around the White House pretending as if uh, this is just some big joke. Just some little game, something we can make viral. It's so fun being involved in government until people start losing their lives. Then it's not fun and games anymore. So this is very tough on this administration, and, and I hope that something gets done. I hope that somebody owns up to these mistakes and says, look, we can't keep blaming Trump for these problems because these are our issues. Trump handled these things well, and, and we're already starting down our, our path into war. I mean, I remember back when Trump did the precise uh, uh uh, the the uh, target on the uh, Soleimani, Qasem Soleimani, I think it was his name, uh, was the terrorist there, and they they wound up being able to do a strike, killed him, and that was like a big deal. And everybody in the United States that was a liberal was basically saying that there was going to be a World War Three. Well, guess what? It never happened. But I'll tell you what will start, or what could start a World War Three. It's this stuff going on in Afghanistan unchecked because of the bad uh, decisions by the Biden administration. That's what would cause one. So like I said, I'm not going to be surprised if this takes uh, some type of toll on U.S. soil. I don't want that to happen. Obviously, nobody does. But that's why we're trying to get this situation fixed in Afghanistan, because something has to be done or else you're going to have this administration continuing to run free, doing whatever they want to do, not making good decisions based off of what, say, for example, Trump did, where if he just left the situation alone, we wouldn't be here today. Those uh, military people would not have died. So keep that in mind. This isn't something that just popped up out of nowhere and Biden's having to handle it. Biden started this issue. That's what happened. He is responsible for the people that died in Afghanistan. He is responsible for the Americans that are still there in Afghanistan to this day. The Christians that are being persecuted. The list goes on. He is responsible for all of this. Because had he just done nothing and left it at what Trump had already set it up to be, none of this would have taken place at all. So Michael Byrd, uh, this is the guy that shot Ashley Babbitt. And I talked a little, very briefly about it on the last uh, episode where he was going to be speaking out in an interview on MSNBC. And exactly as I predicted, the guy got up there and, and entirely lied and just tried to play as, as the victim. Here's a little bit of uh, what he was talking about in this interview. We see your arm out there for a considerable amount of time. Were you wavering? I was taking a tactical stance. You're ultimately hoping that your commands will be complied with. And unfortunately, they were not. When you fired... What could you see? Where were you aiming? You're taught to aim for center mass. Uh, the subject was sideways, and I could not see her full motion of her hands or anything. 
Um, so I guess her movement, you know, caused the uh, discharge to to fall where it did. And what did you think this individual was doing at that at that moment? She was posing a threat to United States House of Representatives. Her family points out that she was not armed. That's correct. The fact that you weren't aware whether she was armed or not, did that alter the decision making? It did not. Could you give us the nature of some of those threats? They talked about, you know, killing me, uh, cutting off my head, um, you know, very vicious and cruel things. Racist things? There were some racist attacks as well. It's all disheartening because I know I was doing my job. Given the nature of the threats that you describe, do you have any concern about showing your face and identifying yourself? Of course I do. Uh, that is a very vital point and it's something that uh, is frightening. I believe I showed the uh, utmost courage on January 6th. So let's keep in mind here for a second that Ashley Babbitt was 5'2", unarmed, didn't do anything, okay? She was literally climbing through a window there at the Capitol. And I've mentioned this so many times, but there were literally police officers right behind her. Literally the police right behind her. If they had a problem with her going through a window or something, why didn't anyone there that was right behind her grab her or something like that? It never, it never happened. In other words, what we saw was another display where police were allowing these things to take place. And of course, you have trigger-happy Michael Byrd being the one that shoots this unarmed woman right there. Now, there was no warnings given. There was nothing like this. If you ask any reasonable officer in the United States, was this justified or not? I assure you that none of them will tell you that it was because nothing qualifies for basically shooting somebody with, with zero warning. It's the equivalent of somebody doing something. I'm not saying that her going through the window was the best decision in her entire life. It's not what I'm saying. All I'm getting at is that when somebody's doing something, you don't just get to just pull out your gun and just shoot him immediately as this is happening. Like something had to be done some type of warning some system here right some some threat to your life nothing even took place yet and somebody's life was lost as a result of it so this guy's of course trying to play the victim trying to pretend as if oh i got the death threat so it's so bad it's the worst thing i've ever uh, uh dealt with i mean it's just ridiculous at MSNBC. Of course, this is this is the fake news right here. This is the fake news right in front of your face where you're seeing them coddle this guy, pretend like, oh, his story's so important that he's coming out. He's so brave, right? He's so brave to do this in the face of all of these uh, threats that he's receiving. Well, here's the uh, husband of Ashley Babbitt and the, their lawyer as well chiming in on this issue. Aaron Babbitt is the husband, the widower of Ashley Babbitt. Terrell Roberts is the family's attorney. They both join us now. Thanks so much uh, for coming Thank on. Aaron, talking. first question uh, to you. How did you feel when the NBC News anchor asks the officer who shot your wife to death, your unarmed wife to death, without warning her first before shooting her, uh, asked him, isn't he the real victim here? Isn't he the one who's really suffering? How'd that make you feel? I'm just kind of wondering. Pissed off. I mean, I, I've, I've only heard a couple of clips so far, Tucker, at this point. Um, it's not airing until 7 o'clock out here. I read the full um, transcript of it. Um, I, I had not heard that one clip that you just played. Uh, my agitation level is actually going through the roof right now, where he admitted he didn't really care if she was armed or not, or unarmed or not. He didn't, he didn't care. So 
Um, yeah, we're we're going down a bad rabbit hole right now. Yeah, especially if the national media congratulate him for this and the entire left as one gloats over your wife's death as if she deserved it because she voted for the wrong person. I mean, they're kind of saying that, and I'm sorry to make you feel even worse. I can't imagine how you feel now, but they're kind of saying that she deserved it and her life had no meaning. I mean, what else are they saying? They've been saying that. They've been saying that all along. Um, and I don't even want to hear him talk about how he's getting death threats and he's scared. I've been getting death threats since January 7th, two, three, five, ten a day. You know, and all I did on January 6th was become a widower. So you're going to have to suck it up, bud, and take it. Yeah, yeah, well, that's... Mr. Roberts, let me ask you. Um, we know Michael Byrd's name. By the way, the fact that he left a loaded firearm with no safety in a men's room and never reported it and kept his job anyway tells you that something's very wrong with the Capitol Police. That's totally outrageous. But I just want to ask you, as an attorney who is involved in these cases, when was the last time you saw a police officer involved in a fatal shooting whose identity wasn't revealed to the public ever? It was never revealed. He decided to reveal it. Has that ever happened that you're aware of? Not to my knowledge. I've never seen it. So uh, what could possibly be the justification? I mean, there are police shootings all the time, and we've defended a lot of cops who've been involved in them, not all, some, but their names are always public. I mean, aren't they public officials? How, on what basis can you hide the name of a cop involved in shooting a citizen? It's just unprecedented. It's never happened. And I think uh, the U.S. Congress has to take responsibility for that. The Capitol Police are, are organized under the Congress, uh, they, have, they have ultimate responsibility for that fact. It's a shame. So, Aaron, I got to ask you, have any members of Congress, any elected officials reached out to you to say, you know, we're going to get to the bottom of this because we care because she was a veteran and a citizen and your wife and her life had meaning? You know, her life mattered, I guess would be one way to put it. Has anybody stuck up for you at all in any way? I mean, not to, not for me personally that I've spoken with, uh, but uh, Doctor, you know, Doctor Gosar is, um, yeah, is actively, you know, talking to my mother-in-law. So he's he's definitely helping. You got Louis Gohmert and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, so there, there, there's a couple. I mean, it's it's half a percent of ninety-nine and a half percent. So I mean, it's not yeah. it's not enough. So we need all the help yes. we can get. There's a Goliath, the, you know, David versus Goliath fight we got going on here. We have a legal fund. I need. If we can push it at for Ashley, go to the Twitter page, check out the legal fund. It's on Gifts and Go. We need every dollar we can get because we are going to have the weight of the U.S. government coming down, raining down on us. So, yeah, well, all I the think help we can get. They've taken enough from you. You're not allowed to just shoot people and then blow it off like it's no big deal because you don't like their politics. That is a precedent you work we for don't the Capitol want. Police. Yeah, I got it. Gentlemen, I appreciate you coming on tonight. I'm sorry about all this. Thank you, Tucker. And I'll tell you what, this is the only time you're going to see people on the left actually praising a police officer. One was the, I think, the four officers that came up about the January 6th thing a few weeks ago. And now, Michael Byrd as well. They're going to be the ones that are saying, oh, you know, this was great. This is, I mean, this guy's an American hero, right? Meanwhile, they spent all of last year burning cities to the ground because of what police officers apparently did that they felt was not justified. Please tell me this has nothing to do with race. I wish that it didn't, but it does. It does. The fact is, is that a police officer shot somebody that was against the left, and they are fine with that. They are perfectly fine with that in this situation. 
you know, it, it just goes to show that the left isn't willing to compromise like some people on the right are willing to do. Because when last year happened, especially in the, the, in the very early days of the George Floyd thing, before we really knew all of the details, everybody on the right was saying, guys, we all agree this looks bad, okay? Everybody was saying that at first, before we had any of the details. The left isn't going to do that here. They're never going to, it doesn't matter the situation at all. They're never going to be the ones that are going to say, hey guys, this looks bad. <laughs> like, this, this just wasn't justified. But they don't care about the details, they don't care about the information about what's going on. The fact is, is that had this been reversed under any other circumstance, the left would be losing their mind right now. This officer would have been uh, charged in a court of law by now. Everything would have been over for this officer's entire life had he had the roles been reversed, had he shot somebody that was a left-wing person or a BLM supporter. They were the same ones last year that were telling everybody that it was entirely justified to burn cities to the ground, that it was it was uh, what was necessary, that we needed to allow them to loot, to allow them to steal, to allow them to destroy property. But the second that some uh, Trump supporters go protest at the Capitol building and one lady jumps through a window, all of a sudden, that's just license to shoot and kill. I'm not seeing how any of that adds up. This is why I don't care what they really say at all to me. The, the same defund the police crowd, trying to back a police officer. Sure, yeah, I'm, I'm not following uh, falling for that at all. I don't think anybody else is either. I mean, it's just clear as day that they don't care about anything in this situation except for the fact that it is polit politically in their benefit. It's what they believe, so they're going to go along with it no matter what it is. They don't care if it's justified. They don't care if it's not. Details, doesn't matter. All right, so there's been a few reports going around. Uh, we're seeing a lot more of these vaccine mandates taking place, and we're seeing different companies starting to do that. One of the big industries where this is taking place is actually the nursing industry. And this shouldn't come as any surprise to most people, but uh, nurses are now warning of staffing shortages because of these vaccine mandates. And, and it's a very interesting kind of situation. So one of the nurses uh, that was uh, talking about this estimated that as many as 400 nurses or 20% of the healthcare center staff uh, would probably re refuse to take the vaccine. In other words, you're going to see about 20% of nurses probably get laid off. But yet on the same hand, they want to tell us that the hospitals are being overwhelmed and there's so much, so many patients, right? This is a weird situation right now because I think that a lot of these hospitals need to make a decision here. Do we care more about having nurses that are working here? Because there's always a nurse shortage, in case you didn't know. doesn't matter where you're at. There's always a shortage of nurses. They're always needed everywhere they go. And, and they should know that. Nurses know that. That's why they can demand a higher pay. That's why they can, you know, generally speaking, have negotiation uh, abilities to kind of jump from where, wherever they want or where whatever facility that they're at. But the thing is, is that all of this is because these hospitals are trying to be a part of the whole vaccine mandate gang. Meanwhile, once again, we know that the, the, uh, the efficacy of these vaccines aren't great especially when we're looking at the recent data with the new variants that are continuously popping up, by the way. But you have them basically telling these nurses, you must take this vaccine or else you're going to get laid off. Meanwhile, saying that there's a shortage of nurses. Like, how does that work? You can't have it both ways is the problem. You're either dealing with a shortage of nurses or you need more nurse or, or you don't care about the nurses at all. And you don't need them. And it doesn't matter. You'll just find somebody else that is vaccinated. But that's not how that works <laughs> because there's always been a shortage. I've talked about this before on Gab, but basically the best way to combat these things is mass non-compliance. The fact is that if 50% of the nurses out there basically said, no, we're not going to do this, then the hospitals would have no choice. I mean, what are they going to do? What are they legitimately going to do? That's the problem here. 
But but they know that. The U.S. government knows that, and these other companies know that, which is why they kind of come along and say, you know what, as long as 80% of people do it, we'll, we'll suffer a little bit, but it'll it's enough to you know allow us to continue to do what we want to do. Basically, to tell you whatever it is. Take whatever vaccine we tell you to take. Matter of fact, tell you to take whatever medication you need to take. We'll be in charge of that from now on. Thank you very much. And, and they'll do all of that. And for what? If... The majority of these people were to grow a you know a backbone and say you know what I'm not going to do this, and it would take a lot of people. But if a lot of or if enough people did it, then they wouldn't be able to do much about it at all because they would just be basically forced to say you know what forget it. Let's just have you work here regardless because we can't afford to lay off all of these people. So we'll have to see where this goes. I'll definitely keep you updated on this. We'll see where this is uh where this is headed right now because it is a very interesting situation that we're seeing where the these different companies are starting to do this. And, and now nurses are doing this and nurses are like, hey, look, I'm not going to let this happen. This isn't going to take place here. So we'll see what takes place. I hope that enough people hold off for them to realize it or these companies just look at the data. I mean, just look at the stats here. There's nothing showing that these things are even remotely as effective as they used to be. Because if they require you to get the vaccine, are they going to require the booster too? I mean, how is that going to work? How many boosters are you going to be required to take? One every six months? I mean, it's a never-ending cycle of this stuff because they're trying to uh, achieve some goal that they don't even know what is what it's even going to be yet. So a study just came out that was showing that previous COVID-19 infection protects better against the Delta variant uh, than the Pfizer vaccine, which is a big deal that a lot of the people are not focusing on right now. Uh, so the uh, actual report showing here that it says that this analysis demonstrated that natural immunity affords longer lasting and stronger protection against infection, sim- uh, symptomatic disease and hospitalization due to the Delta variant. This is the largest real world observational study comparing natural immunity gained through uh, previous uh, SARS-CoV-2 infection to uh, vaccine induced immunity. So the, re- the researchers have found that people fully vaccinated with the Pfizer vaccine were 13 times more likely to contract the Delta variant of the virus and 27 times more likely uh, to risk their symptomatic disease uh, compared to those who had recovered from the previous infection of COVID-19. So in other words, what we're seeing is that the previous immunity is a more effective way to combat things. Now, once if, if you're a person that, you know, never got the, uh, never got COVID or something like that. Okay. Like you're, you're going to probably get it anyways. Once again, this isn't about whether you're, or when, you know, whether you're going to get COVID or not, it's about when you're going to get COVID because everybody's going to get it at some point, probably multiple times. That's how this works. But when you see people just touting the vaccine blindly, it makes you wonder, okay, what are they trying to do here? What are they actually trying to go for? Um, And these are more things that you're not going to hear about on the news because they don't want to talk about it. Any news that detracts away from the vaccine in any way, you won't hear about it. That tells you the motive of these people. That tells you what's going on. I don't trust anybody that's literally saying, hey, look, we're going to give you all the facts and let you make an informed decision. It's not what they do. They give you one perspective and that's it. It's vaccine or nothing. That's what they're telling you because they're not presenting anything else. And, And this is perfectly demonstrated uh, on a report that I did uh, about a week ago on this show, talking about Ron DeSantis opening up a, bun of, a bunch of the uh, monoclonal antibody clinics uh, across different places in the United, or sorry, different places in Florida, and now we have a report showing that more than ten thousand people have been treated so far with this, which is awesome. When, you know, and it, what it tells me is that people are interested 
in these alternative treatments. But you have to have that interest first. There has to be somebody that is actually talking about it, presenting the facts of the situation on the ground, and telling you and telling people what's going on. Otherwise, nobody will know what's happening. And it clearly, to me, shows that there is a want. There is a desire from people in Florida, and I'm sure in other states as well, that want to actually have other alternatives to the vaccine. That's what this tells me. So I don't care what the mainstream media says. What the facts are showing here is that people are looking for alternative treatments. And that's what's really important here. So the uh, Baptist Health uh, of South Florida's uh, doctor, uh, this is Dr. Oscar Hernandez, says that he refers five to six patients for the treatment every single day. And he said the state is doing their part and doctors need to be more proactive in recommending the monoclonals to high-risk patients who test positive for COVID-19. He also said that people need to know their options after they test positive for COVID-19. Um, and he recommends a fact sheet to be distributed to patients at drive-through testing sites, which they're not going to do, okay? These, these testing sites don't care. They're not going to do that. But he's recommending something that I think everybody needs to be aware of, that there needs to be a list of options. Right now, the only options you're presented with are vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. You don't get anything else. And, and so when we look at the numbers and we say, hey, look, this vaccine is kind of effective, but it's not super effective. Meanwhile, the hospitals and everyone else that's got any common sense are treating with other things as well. In addition to that, or just on its own, maybe we should be looking there for the uh, for some information about what's what's actually happening. There are alternatives and people should have the right to choose how they're treated. I also think it's ridiculous that you see things like this and they're pretending as if COVID is automatically some kind of crazy death sentence. It's not always that way for a lot of other people. Some people it is, some people it isn't. It just depends on whether you fall into that category. But we know that the mainstream media isn't concerned about deaths from COVID. If they did, they would be pointing out the people that have the highest risk for it, like older people, like significantly older people, people with at least basically at least two comorbidities as well. And also people that are extremely overweight or obese. That's something that they never want to talk about because being obese to the left, to them, they're the ones pushing the body positivity. They cannot list that as being one of the big issues. They can't do it. So you tell me that they care so much about your health, but refuse to point out the obvious numbers that we see, the obvious things that actually make a legitimate difference. They won't talk about it if it's counterintuitive to their whole entire narrative that they love. A Chicago mother is now actually losing her uh, parental rights to her child because she refused to get the vaccine. And when I saw this, I honestly thought it was a joke, but it's absolutely serious. And I, I thought there may, maybe there was something else involved in this that uh, would make sense out of this. There isn't. It's simply the fact that she wouldn't get the vaccine. So this is uh, the mother's name is Rebecca Furlett uh, from Chicago. And she said that the Cook County judge took away her parental vi uh, rights for not getting the vaccine. She said that the judge asked her whether or not she had gotten the vaccine. She responded by saying that she had not due to prior bad reactions with vaccines. And then she was stripped of all uh, uh, parental uh, abilities of her son at that time. So all of that's gone right now. What is she supposed to do? I mean, kind of a weird draconian decision to basically say, you know what? You, you don't have a son anymore. <laughs> we're, we're taking that entire person away. Why? Because of a vaccine? And like I said, this is also all due to the fact that we know how this is towards children. It's not something that children should be extremely worried about. I, I'm really confused as to why they're doing this. It really doesn't add up to me. And, and 
I've said before, but this is coming to a town near you. This is going to happen to more people. And that's what's so scary about this. I mean, they're literally taking away a parent's right to see their child because of a vaccine. A vaccine that, by the way, is not super effective as we know and becoming less effective by the day. And yet they're using that as the metric. But I'm not surprised because this is the direction uh, and the line of reasoning that we knew would take place over time. And to further kind of drive that point home, Washington Public Schools, uh, by the way, are requiring student athletes to wear ankle monitors to ensure social distancing so that they can track COVID-19 outbreaks. Tell me how that makes any sense. Ankle bracelets? I mean, they're not inmates, guys. They're, they're not on house arrest. What in the world are these people trying to do? Well, this, uh, this was all reported from this mother. Uh, where she's saying that her daughter had arrived at the volleyball team practice where she received a text message revealing that the team coach was asking asking her child to put on an ankle monitor. So the program, uh, the staff reportedly told the mother, was intended to contact Trace in the event that any student tested positive for COVID-19. So this is crazy, right? And, and we know that this is uh, just a way to really segregate people. I've talked about the yellow star uh, kind of that they had, they were wanting people to wear to denote that they were vaccinated. Uh, it, it's kind of along those lines. You, you must wear this ankle monitor to, to basically tell us where you've been so that we can track all the people you've been in contact with for what purpose, right? What is the actual goal here? So the coach also uh, reportedly told the mother that use of the device was intended to uh, inform players that they were not socially distanced enough and was only reportedly intended for use indoors. If that's so much better, right? So the coach also added that the school reportedly handed out opt-out forms during the previous week's meeting, but the the mom in this report said that she never received any such forms whatsoever. And according to the outlet, the device used by the school was reportedly manufactured by this company called Triax, and the company's website states that the monitoring bracelet was conceived in order to maintain social distancing guidelines. So if you get too close to somebody, what it's talking about in here, then there will be a visual and an audible alarm so that any individual who may come into unnecessarily close contact with another person will know uh, that they need to social distance from that person. How is this not segregation based off of these, these different types of rules? I really don't understand what they're trying to prove by this. And what's the exact distance? I mean, initially we were told six feet, then it changed to three feet. Then, oh, the mask did everything. And by the way, I guarantee you, this school district is probably requiring masks. Okay. So we can assume that they're requiring masks, but yet for some reason, some reason, they're telling you that you also must do this as well with the social distancing. How does that work? Do the masks work or do they not work? Does the vaccine work or does it not work? You see the different problems here. You have three different ways of, of trying to uh, control these people's lives through the vaccine, through the mask, and now through these ankle monitors. And what what is what are we even trying to achieve? Is the goal of your school to reduce COVID cases to zero? Because I, I got news for you. It's never going to happen. There will never come a day where there's going to be zero COVID going around at, at any given point in time. We know this. Just like the flu. It's going to happen. People will get sick. People die from the flu too. Except for 2020 when they got rid of all the numbers, by the way. But, you know, whatever. We won't talk about that. How in the world, What are we even trying to achieve? There is no metric. There's no percentage of what's going on. This sounds to me like, hey, as long as COVID exists, wear your mask, wear the ankle monitors, get vaccinated, socially distance, do this, do that. It's never ending. It's a never ending cycle of them trying to control what it is you're doing. And I'm not falling for it. All right, so this episode's TikTok liberal says that 
I guess he, or I, I don't even know. It looks like a she to me, I guess, generally. Uh, but they're saying that they are 20% male and 80% agender. Libra gender is when you are, like, you're mostly a gender, but you still feel a connection to a gender. For me, to example, I'm Libra mask, which means that I'm mostly a gender, but I still feel a connection to the male, like, I'm also male, but I'm also a gender. <laughs> so I like I'm 20% male and 80% a gender. That's like the best I can explain. Um, so yeah, it's like you're most a gender, but you are also a gender. All right. See, this is where they've lost me because all of a sudden. Now they can be percentages of things. I, I mean, really, it, it's this problem where you you want them to say, okay, well, maybe they're this or maybe they're a little bit of that. But really what we're coming into is where they're like, oh, I'm 10% this and 20% this. And not only that, but now it can shift at multiple times through the day, which we've seen from other of, of these crazy people as well. Ultimately, what I can guarantee a percentage on is that they are 100% crazy. Every single one of them. They're out of their mind with this stuff. You know, see, this is really when you can, you can look at any of these videos and all you have to look for is the colored hair, the nose ring, the, the crazy eyes, every single one of them. And you automatically know what you're going to hear. You automatically know what it is because these people don't even look human at times. Some of them don't even identify as being human as well, but you know that you have yourself a liberal on your hands when you see these things that add up together. And and the thing, too, that I get worried about is that this, to me, is the real pandemic that people need to be concerned about. It's these kids, these younger people, thinking that they need to identify as all of these different things to be special. It's, you, you don't need any of that. You don't need to have all of these crazy identities to be cool. But when you see how the left has basically propped these people up, and has lifted them up with this pedestal as being the most important thing in the world, you can see why a lot of kids, to kind of fit in now, want to be a part of this. They want to uh, experience their high school lives through the lens of the woke person that looks and, and gets all these friends because in that way, they have to be this way. That's the way they see it, is that they need to identify as something that is different so that they can be unique. And in that uniqueness, really what they just wind up turning into is just fitting in the pool of just absolute insanity. That's really all that's going on. But I have to blame the teachers too. Here's a bonus one as well. So this teacher talks about how she basically pledges allegiance to the queer flag. Okay, so during third period, we have announcements and they do the Pledge of Allegiance. I always tell my class, stand if you feel like it, don't stand if you feel like it, say the words if you want, don't have to say the words. So my class decided to stand but not say the words. Totally fine. Except for the fact that my room does not have a flag. It used to be there. But I took it down during COVID because it made me uncomfortable. And um, I packed it away and I don't know where and I haven't found it yet. <laughs> But my kid today goes, hey, um, it's kind of weird that we just stand and then, you know, we say it to nothing. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I got to find it. Like, I'm working on it. I got you. <laughs> in the meantime, I tell this kid, we do have a flag in the class that you can pledge your allegiance to. And he like looks around and he goes, oh, that one? <laughs> but wait. There's more. So check this out. Now she's trying to pledge allegiance to the queers. 
It's Pride Month! <laughs> I'll never not be awkward. <laughs> That's fun for me. Happy Pride, everyone! It's June 1st, the start of Pride Month. Here's what I got going in my classroom. I got these flags from Target in like the dollar bin, so that's amazing. Um, they didn't have all of them in the collection that they came out with, so I got all the ones that they had. As well as the inclusive pride flag. I pledge allegiance to the queers. I also got a really big pride inclusive ah, flag. Um, I need to put it up still, but... It's gonna go up there and I need like a ladder. <laughs> so that's gonna come later, but it's here, yay! So I love you all very much for the people who are out, for the people who aren't out. You're appreciated, you're loved, you are enough. I support you, I got you. Send your queer friends. What really strikes me as odd about all of this is that, you know, the term queer really isn't even that politically correct anymore. I mean, these were the same people that basically told uh, told uh, Crowder as well that for him calling some other guy a queer person that he was being offensive to this other person. I mean, it really seems as if this term is basically uh, kind of. Uh, sectioned off and and exclusively only able to be used by those that identify that way I guess but it's a weird term because they kind of change the the offensive level of it depending on who it is that's actually saying it. I mean granted even though that particular guy by the way uh, actually identified and put it in his own Twitter bio that he was queer and and a bunch of these other kind of woke terms but if you call him that then all of a sudden you're a bigot you're, you're an evil person that, that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever but Sometimes it is one, sometimes it isn't. They really can't figure that out. If this is your school, though, it should be closed down. I mean, there's no way that you should be allowing teachers to do this. This lady looks and and just behaves in an absolute, absolutely insane way. I'm really not liking this at all. She just really comes off as crazy. And and really, the, the tragedy of all of this is that she misrepresents what the American flag stands for. I think that's the biggest offense that I really have about this entire situation is that she's neglecting to understand that the flag, people pledge allegiance to the flag, not because it's an inanimate object. They do it because of what it actually stands for. Okay. They do that because people died for our freedom, not just mine, but theirs too. Even this teacher, all of theirs. Uh, it's a, just an absolute slap in the face and an insult to the veterans of the past, current and future times to sit there and basically say, you know what? I don't care about what you did. I don't care about what you did that's allowing me to have a classroom like this and not get shot and killed. Like, by the way, she would probably have done to her in any other country besides the United States in a lot of situations. They, they wouldn't allow this almost anywhere else, but she's allowed to do this because of that American flag. That's why it always should go above any of these other stupid flags you've got. I don't care if it's BLM, Pride, whatever. It doesn't matter. It, none of those are have achieved any significance. Those also change all the time. They're constantly evolving depending on what little new things. This stripe represents this thing, and this stripe represents this. These non-binary. Let's use all these weird colors. Gone are the days of just the rainbow flag. I mean, if you haven't seen the newest pride flag, it's got all of these extra things on it. Before we know it, it'll just be like a you know, you know like a Pollock painting or something. Just all of these colors just splattered on a sheet because. It has kind of turned into nothing. In the process of trying to identify as everything, you've basically identified as nothing. It's just an absolute mess, which is already kind of what it looks like. But it's that representation of the American flag. It's that meaning behind the American flag that really makes the difference. 
That's why we actually pledge allegiance to that. It's what is uh, allows us to be free to be Christians and free of persecution for the most part in the United States and allow us to do that and worship freely, to speak freely. That's what this is all about. The pride flag doesn't have that meaning. It doesn't stand for any of those things. It's just a virtue signaling tool that's used by these radicals to basically say, look at how woke I am. Please worship me. Look at how woke I am. And I pledge allegiance to these, to these queer people, to, these, to this queer flag. And somehow that makes me better and, and more important and, and more educated. Yeah, I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass because these people that hate Americans so much will never leave. There's literally pictures also of, of uh, mothers that are handing U.S. soldiers their, their children, their babies in Afghanistan right now. And you're going to tell me that this, this country's racist? Yeah, get out of here. Or you're going to tell me that you're, you're going to disrespect the flag? I'm going to pass on that one. I'm, I'm not going along with this entire narrative whatsoever. That is why, you know, we should be focused on the facts that surround our flag and not just thinking that it's just some random signal. And teachers like this shouldn't be in this profession whatsoever because they're not teaching facts. This lady is directly involved in the indoctrination of children very clearly. And she's proud enough about it to put it up on TikTok to brag and boast about it and to think this is just a massive laughing matter. There's no telling how many other teachers are doing things similar to this. They just aren't crazy enough to put it on TikTok. So, but hey, you know, they put it out in front of us. Now we know what's going on. This is why classrooms need cameras. This is why we need to know what's going on in these different places. So with that being said, that is all I have for you on this show. I thank you for watching or listening to this one. But with that being said, I will see you on the next one.